live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. Okay, that's not exactly a warning shot. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. So, Gru, who's producing the show today and always, last evening, I got some validation for the some of the these life choices I have made pop culture corner which we do every friday and i get all this input people say i I can't believe your mind works like that that you know all this like this trivia about all these different things and i said yeah i i just i i have assessed this information i can't necessarily tell you what i did two days ago on the radio but i can remember these songs well last night i got some validation because some friends of ours invited us to play in this trivia contest at at this place and so went out to play and i hadn't done this before i'd played trivia before but i hadn't done this before and um we took first place we took first place there you go and and it and but actually it, it was it, it i i mean i had some contributions because it was things like again it was kind of this useless stuff because like one of the questions early on was i'm not sure too many other people got it but was in the atlanta rhythm sections 1978 song what kind of lovers never let you down? And most of the people on my team were looking at me blankly, like Atlanta Rhythm Section, and and I could hear I could hear the music, and I'm thinking, what is that? What is that? I had to I had to just get up and just like turn around and close my eyes. Imaginary lovers, imaginary lovers never let you down. Five points for the good guys. But but here's where here's where it really paid off. Okay, the the final question, and we were in third place going into the final question. And you could you could wager points, but the the downside was that you lose the points if you're if you're wrong. Right. So the bottom line, and by the way, if you if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner six twenty. Got a picture of my team. You know my peeps. They're they're there. Everybody's holding their first place certificates and what they won. It's up uh, there. But okay. So the question was, they 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 listed a whole bunch of states, and you had to name the two states. That the old Route 66 did not run through. So I, I'm everybody on my team. They're 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 trying to, to visualize this, and they're okay. Well, it ends up in California, and, and where does it go? Where does it go? And, and it, it ended up. Pe- people were discussing whether or not Route 66 went through Arizona or went went through Nevada. We were pretty sure of th- these other ones, or they were pretty sure. And I'm sitting there, and I said, "Oh, this is this is easy." And then I start. Singing the lyrics to the the song, you'll get your kicks on Route 66. You know it. You know it starts. It runs from Chicago to L.A. And I'm I'm, I'm just doing the things. And then it's like Flagstaff, Arizona. Don't forget Winona, Kingston, Barston, San Bernardino. I said it runs through Arizona. And they're they're like looking at me. No, I don't think you can get from Arizona to California. Taos, New Mexico. I'm doing lies. It it's in the song lyrics. And I think a couple members of my group they they were not. They were kind of skeptical of this, right. and I decided, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to insist on this because we've wagered as much as they can. I, I'm positive of the song lyrics, so it wasn't necessarily my ge- geography. It was that I knew the song. Nailed it. 
15 points. We <laughs> jump from third place to first place, and, and we win. So Nice. It's one of those, it, it's, yes. Uh, it, now, I, I did I did have a couple that were wrong. Um, one of the questions was, what decade was did they last roll out Model T Fords? And I tried to puzzle this through, and I, I thought it was the 30s, but it was actually the 20s, 1927. So I got that wrong, but at least I, I, I was there. But I, I, I was in there fighting, but it was the song lyrics that pulled us out. It wasn't my geography skills, but I, I knew that song lyric. You know, it, it Flagstaff, Arizona, don't forget Winona. I said, it goes through Flagstaff, Arizona. That means it's got to be Arizona. And everyone was looking at me like, ah, I'm not sure. I don't think you get from there. Trust me on this one. So... Hey, we came in first, so that's 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 it. The pop culture stuff, you just never know when you're going to want to dig up some piece of useless information that might, I don't know, help you win a trivia contest or something. It was quite fun. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. A lot of ground to cover on today's show. Friday show is always a little bit different. Um, there, there's a couple heavy lifting topics, but there's also some of the lighter stuff as we get into the weekend. And, and seriously, as I was saying a couple minutes ago to Steve's Scafidi, when when you have a big Packers game over the weekend, it, it almost feels like people are are just you're kind of marking time till Sunday evening. It's like yeah, okay, we've got we've got Friday and Saturday, but you know when when does kickoff occur? So yeah, I, I get that there is a sense of that going on, but but here is one of the things that's going to happen before we get to Sunday kickoff. That is. We are getting predictions of weather again. Now, last weekend, you will know that we had the predictions of the big storm, 6 to 10 inches of snow. And and while we did have a little bit of weather, it was largely what they'd call a a bust forecast. They, They got it wrong. Um, as far as like the snowfall totals and things of the like, it turned out to be a lot less. Now, I don't, I don't make fun of the weather people for doing this. I mean, candidly, as I've said, I would rather, I would rather they predict 10 inches, we get two inches, and, and then move on. I mean, that's, I, that, that, that's fine. I, it, lots less to shovel, lots less hassles. And I, I understand it's difficult to predict weather around here. So if you go to the website, websites for every one of the television stations, and I did this just a couple minutes ago, right before I came on the air, the big and and some have big banner bigger banners than others but the lead story on the website for every local tv station weather winter storm advisories some of the t- well I, I think channel 58 is predicting the biggest snowfall i think channel 4 is being a little bit more moderate the other ones are in the middle but i mean it, it's it's this screaming letter snowstorm 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 starts after five o'clock tonight you know goes through tomorrow now my sense on this one is that there's probably something to it. I mean, I don't think we're gonna, I don't think we're gonna miss it two weeks in a row. I, I don't think this is going to be a bust forecast, but what, what do I know? I mean, I, I'm not the guy that has the degree in meteorology or all the computers, but we are being told, okay, you're gonna get snow tonight, it's gonna go through overnight, and during the day today, advisories from five o'clock tonight, I think until six o'clock tomorrow. Here's my question. Are you going to be changing any of your plans tonight, during the day tomorrow, or tomorrow night? Are you going to be changing any of your plans because of the weather forecast? Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And the reason I ask this question is whenever we get forecasts of, of snow, particularly on Friday or Saturday night, 
I always hear from a ton of people who work in the service industry, the hospitality industry, people who are, you know, run restaurants or people who work as servers in restaurants or bartenders in bars or taverns. And they, they go absolutely ballistic with a lot of these forecasts because they say, my God, you know, you tell people that there's going to be four inches of snow coming on the ground and, and, and the listeners or the viewers just don't know how to process this. And they think, oh, my God, it's going to be the end of the world. And, and they, they, they don't go out and it kills our business. And, you know, as it turns out, like last week, it, it, if it's a bust forecast, they're going, OK, we, you know, we, we, we canceled all these different plans and there was nothing that was should have stopped people from going out. All right. So my question is. Are you going to change your plans at all because of the forecast? Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'll tell you where I come down on this, and we will discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. You're going to be doing different things tonight and tomorrow because they say it's going to snow. This is Jeff Wagner. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Last week, we were told it was going to be snowmageddon. turned out to be a bust forecast. This week, similar sort of forecast, maybe not quite as dire. Predictions say, okay, we could get up to, I think one TV station I'm looking at says it could be up to eight inches. Others are, are more are more moderate on that, but it looks like we're going to get some snow. All right, are you going to change your plans because of the forecast this evening and tomorrow? Let's start with David in Milwaukee. David, good afternoon. Good afternoon. What do you think? Hello? Hi, hi. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hey. Um, last week I was not a non-event. It, something happened last weekend that was worse than the snow, and that was that band of pink that was the ice that came through. So Saturday we had sideways icing, and who cares about the snow last weekend? That was extremely dangerous. And so I think the weather service has got it right on. Um, I drive a heavy truck. We're not going to change anything, but that you know, I, I get it that the the company said, you know, the people in the food service industry don't like that. But I think that the guys that run that operator out in Dowson are extremely active for the most you know, for look, the most look, part. And I, and David, I don't want to David, I don't want to turn this into I'm, I'm not trying to beat up on the weather forecast. The predictions were, you know, upwards of ten inches of snow last weekend. The weather people will tell you they missed it. I mean, so, I mean, I, and that's, it's fine. You get it wrong every once in a while. But I don't think even the weather folks, even the people like at the National Weather Service, I think they pretty much acknowledge that, okay, we, we got this one wrong as far as the snow total. Yeah, they said it was going to be ice. And yes, I drove my wife down to the train station at seven in the morning on Saturday, and it was kind of one of these white knuckle drives. So I'm not saying it was, you know, sunshine in the 70s, but we didn't get 10 inches. Let's talk to um, Lori in Sheboygan. Lori, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, uh, I'm calling. Be- I'm calling because uh, tomorrow morning we are due in Oshkosh uh, for our daughter's college track meet. We're traveling from Sheboygan Falls, and quite frankly, we just can't miss it. You know, we got to be there to support her, and uh, we're going to pack up warm clothes, water, hope for the best, and travel west. Well, yeah, you know, and, and Lori, to me. That, that seems like the smart thing to do. I mean, I, obviously, I, I don't think you can bet on, oh, the weather people are always going to be wrong or whatever. But I'm always – and so that's why, like, I don't fault them when we get these predictions. Sometimes I fault us for what we do with them. So they're saying, 
going to get a couple inches of snow, two, three, four inches of snow. We do winter pretty well in Wisconsin. And if it turns out to be two or three or four inches of snow, I, I think you, you know, you can handle it. It's not like they're saying you're going to get two feet of snow and, you know, 80 mile an hour winds. I, I guess I would just, I, if the people are going out, you, you want them to be careful. You want them to plan ahead, like you're talking about. Maybe you leave a little bit earlier, but y- you can't, you can't live your life around forecasts, especially you can't live your life around, oh, we might get a little bit of snow in Wisconsin in January. And we might miss a fantastic track meet, too. Well, right, exactly. No, thanks for the call, right? And, see, and, and that's it. Now, I mean, I, again, I, sometimes when I do these segments, it's like, well, you're tell, being irresponsible. You're telling the people to go out and take risks. No, I'm, of course not. Of, of course not. But the flip side of this is, well, okay, you know, they say we're going to get a little bit of snow this evening. If you're planning to go, you know, to the corner tavern or to the restaurant down the way to, to get a fish fry or something, I, you know, we, we do snow okay. Be careful. You know, drive don't drive like an idiot. Recognize that, okay, you might need to leave a little bit of space between cars, but, you know, a little bit of snow is not a life-threatening condition. We, we should know how to handle that. Now, you change, you know, if they're talking about a blizzard, you get two feet of snow, that's a different dynamic. But these forecasts, even at the extremes, are, are like five or six inches of snow. Susan, Susan, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm just I'm just the opposite. I was in an accident a couple of years ago because of snow, and I'm so afraid to drive now. Um, I was supposed to go to the Dells tomorrow morning early, like at 5 a.m. for an American Legion conference, and I'm not going. <laughs> and, and so you're, it would be fair home. to say that your biggest concern is you, because of what happened to you a couple of years ago, you'd just be so nervous and so anxious that it's just not worth it. It wouldn't be fun because you'd be worried about what could happen. Yes. I have a class that was supposed to start at 8 a.m., and I don't even know if I would make it. Um, I just, it's not worth it to me. And last weekend, I had absolutely nothing, so I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> unfortunately, this weekend, I do. Got it. Well, thank Well, again, and, I, and, and that's, that's, that's fine. If you're, you, you don't want to get out of your comfort zone. And if you're uncomfortable driving in a few inches of snow or, or whatever, or you're worried or you've had that problem, I, I get it. But at, at the same time, I mean, sometimes I do think we have become weather weenies. And this is kind of me sticking up for the people I know in the hospitality industry and stuff. I mean, if I, if I had plans for a fish fry or to go out, uh, Melissa Barkley just walked in the studio. Melissa's going to be out at Mr. B's in Mequon, you know, doing the We Love Wisconsin tour. If I had plans to go see Melissa at 5.30, just because they say the snow is starting at 5, I'm not going to change those plans. Mike on the northwest side. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, good afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Mike. Uh, hey, my thoughts are, well, I've been around for a while when winters used to be a lot worse and uh, a lot colder. But I'm going to say uh, snow doesn't bother me. It's freezing rain and ice that bothers right. me. So if it's going to be icy, I'm not going. But if it's snowing, I don't really care. Right. And uh, that right. lady before, she get over it. Just uh, get back on the road and get back on the horse. Well, I mean, th- again, I thanks. For, I mean, the, the, thanks for calling. The last thing I, the last thing I want is somebody going out on the roadways if they're going to be scared and they're going to be terrified of driving, and if they're driving, you know, twenty miles an hour when a safe speed is forty miles an hour because they're freaked out by the snow. So, I mean, I think you have to know your own comfort zone. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I, I do see people criticize 
the TV stations. They criticized the radio. They criticized the media, the, the newspaper, for putting these things. Okay, this is what the weather forecast is going to be. A lot of times, I think that criticism is unfair. The criticism might be, it's not that they're reporting it. You know, you can, you can fault them when they're wrong. It's more like how we process that information. All right, if they're saying it might be two to four inches of snow over a prolonged period of time. All right, we say, oh, my God, it's going to be two inches of snow. Well, okay, I guess the question becomes, given how well we do snow around here, if we hear two inches of snow and we decide, well, we've got to cancel our plans, I was going to meet my friends, you know, a mile away at this restaurant we like to go to for a fish fry, is that on the media or is it on us? Let's talk to Dale. Dale, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Hi, Dale. Okay, are you going to be changing your plans? No. We live in Janesville, which is out in the middle of the country. Uh, The city of Janesville and Rock County Highway do a really good job with the highways, even with all the ice, because they've got all this anti-ice and pre-wet stuff today that it doesn't matter to me, but... Over 30 years ago, we lived in Milwaukee at that time, and I made a drive every day to Janesville. I had just gotten a new company car, and I heard there was snow coming, so I left at 2 o'clock in the morning to get to Janesville Janesville by before 6. I didn't get here till 7.30 that morning because of the snow. I couldn't even see the roads, but you know what? I made it. And um, 20 minutes after I got here, the GM plant closed, and then I had to wait till 2 o'clock in the afternoon to go home, and I had to wait for Rock County to fly out out Highway 14 so I could get home. But anyways, you uh, you know what? We live in Wisconsin. It's going to snow. You're going to get ice. You just got to take your time. That's all. Right. And, think, and and again, not be stupid about it. Oh, boy, that, that would kill you. You drive all this way, you get there, and then, oh, we're, we're, we're canceling school or we're closing the plant. And, and by the way, I also know we have, and that's one of the things about doing a radio show on WTMJ, we have a huge listening audience. I mean, just over the air, forget the Internet, over the air. I mean, we have people, he's, he's in Janesville. We have people that are, you know, in, in the far in, in up north. We have people in all sorts of different areas of the state. And, and I do also appreciate that it's different in different places. My sense of this storm and the predictions is it's going to be worse to the north worse to the west so like the experience that we get in madison that they get in madison might be different than the experience that you you have around here and that's that's so i mean somebody would say oh it was a bust forecast well it wasn't a bust you know seven counties over so it is one of the difficulties that's out there whatever you do i mean be careful and my guess is i will be surprised if they get it wrong two weeks in a row it's just okay just figure out what your comfort level is and on behalf of all the restaurants and uh, entertainment places that operate tonight you know be safe but i mean watch the weather pay attention to what's going on but don't necessarily automatically cancel your plans and for goodness sake you don't need to go to the grocery store and make a run on milk or bread because the bottom line is even unless these forecasters are really wrong this snow moves out during the day tomorrow trust me by by sunday morning or saturday night you'll be able to get to the grocery store to stock up on whatever it is that you need for the Packers game on Friday. This is Jeff on Sunday. This is Jeff Wagner. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
As we have been discussing, discussing, the Packers are headed to the Bay Area for the NFC Championship, and they're taking John McCure and Greg Matzik with them. Tune in all weekend long as John and Greg broadcast live from the home of the San Francisco 49ers, the Mission, well, it's Miami. That's where they're playing Super Bowl. We'll have live coverage every day this weekend leading up to Sunday's big game. WTMJ is your home for all things green and gold. Matter of fact, we're going to have special live shows as part of Mission Miami from San Francisco. Uh, John and Greg, Friday, that would be tonight from 6 until 9, Saturday from 3 until 4.30, and Sunday from 12 until 2. We're also going to be joined by John McCure at 11, at 11, 1.45 this afternoon. He will be getting in touch with us. We will chat with him. All right. Now, remember the, the old movie. Gru, are you familiar with the old the the old thing? You rat, you dirty rat. You ever heard of that before your time? No, not really. Well, it's it's actually one of the great movie myths. Uh, James Cagney, big star in the '30s and stuff. He he played gangsters. This is when they did all these big gangster movies and stuff. And, and one of the things he was always attributed to is "You rat, you dirty rat. You're the one that killed my brother." Actually, he never said "You dirty rat." He said things like "You dirty double crossing rat" or something like that. But it was just one of these kind of myths that's out there. But the whole idea: you don't want to be a rat. You know, the rat is the guy that you know tells on people. Nobody likes a rat. And in James Cagney's world, the gangsters. If you're a rat, there's nothing worse that you can say. You know, you're a rat you'd you'd get whatever you deserve all right which brings me to a follow-up on a story we've been talking about all week major league baseball is being rocked by a scandal involving the houston astros if you haven't been following the story let me let me give you just kind of the basics of this in baseball the pitcher throws different types of pitches fastball curveball change up etc the pitches all come in at different speeds. Now, I couldn't hit, even even when I was younger, you know, I, I couldn't hit a fastball. It didn't matter if I knew they were throwing the fastball or not. I, I wasn't going to be able to hit it. But at the major league level, if you know what the pitcher is going to throw, it gives you a decided advantage if you were the hitter. Now, there's some pitchers, like Josh Hader, throws the ball 100-plus miles an hour. You know he's going to throw a fastball. He just dares you to hit it, and a lot of people can't because he's so good. But for most players, you know, you know if, if you know somebody's throwing a fastball or you know they're throwing a curveball, which comes in slower, or you know they're throwing a changeup, which looks like a fastball, but it doesn't go as fast. You know, the pitcher has an advantage, because that's it's the advantage of surprise. You think it's going to be a fastball, and so you're getting ready to swing, you know, sooner. It, it, it's an advantage. The catcher puts down signs and to tell the pitcher what pitch that, that the pitcher should throw. The batter can't see those signs. So, what teams have been trying to do from the beginning is that they've been trying to steal signs. So if you have a base runner like on second base who's looking in at the catcher, what the teams often have to do is they have to change up their signs so the base runner can't figure out what pitch is coming and then signal it to the batter because it would give him advantage. Okay, that, that's kind of the basis. But there's nothing wrong with trying to steal signs, you know, if, if you're the runner at second base. That, that, that happens, that's always happened in the game. What the Houston Astros did 
in 2017 when they won the World Series is they broke baseball rules, not unwritten rules, but rules, because they were using electronics to steal signs. What they did was, at the beginning at least, in its most basic form, there's a center field camera, like if you look at TV. So if you're watching the center field camera, you can see the sign the catcher um, puts down. Somebody watching the camera would then signal to the dugout what sign the opposing team's catcher had put down. Oh, it's going to be a fastball. And then a Houston Astro player would take a baseball bat and bang on on this trash can. And they had the signals. Okay, so the batter, all the batter do, has to do is listen. And if he hears like one bang, that means the pitcher's going to throw a fastball. If he hears two, it means it's going to be a curveball or whatever. That's how they did it. It got a little bit more sophisticated later on. But they were using electronics to steal signs. They were a very good team. They won the World Series. But there's always been these questions about this. So Major League Baseball has now they started this investigation. They have now confirmed that this is what's happened. The manager and the general manager of Houston have been fired and suspended by baseball. The manager of Boston, who was the third base coach, who was the bench coach in Houston, he's been um, fired, will probably be suspended. One of the players on the Houston team who's now, he was the manager, had been hired to be the manager of the New York Mets. He's now been fired. So there's all this fallout. All right, how did this get started? Well, there's a pitcher. His name is Mike Fires, and he he pitched for the Brewers. You might remember this. And he was one of the guys, successful pitcher for the Brewers. They traded him to Houston in a deal that actually brought Josh Hader to, to the Brewers. That's how far it goes back. Okay, here's what happened. And this is what really jump-started this. There's always been suspicions about what Houston did. But last November, Fires sits down. Now, he's not with Houston anymore. He, he's been traded somewhere else. Fires sits down with a couple reporters, and he, he, he outlines this whole thing. He, he tells the reporters, this is like last November, yeah, we cheated. We used the center field camera to help steal signs, et cetera, et cetera. We, we, we did all this. And then the reporters go out, and they find three other former Astros players who confirm this. They run with the story, and then you know Major League Baseball comes in, and now you've got this huge scandal that's there. But Fires is, is one of the ones that broke the story, and he was the one who publicly stood behind it. Yeah, he, they, they allowed him to do it for attribution. And his response is, hey, so we, we just we weren't playing the game right. You know, we, we used all these stealing things. We were willing to go above and beyond to win. He says, I just want the game to be cleaned up a little bit because there are guys that are losing their jobs because they're going in there not knowing. Young guys getting hit around in the first couple of innings starting a game, then they get set down. It's BS on that end. It's ruining jobs for younger guys, the guys who know are more prepared, but most people don't. All right, so he's saying, hey, look, uh, yes, I was on the team, we were doing this, but I I think this is wrong that it's going on. I think it's hurting lots of the players. People are losing their careers because they're getting hit, and the reason they're getting hit is because the other team is cheating. All right, so so he blows the whistle on this. It turns out they were doing it. Mike Fires is becoming persona non grata in Major League Baseball. Former Brewers manager Phil Gardner, he says – Fires will be viewed as a rat 
He's going to be viewed as a rat. If it's a big deal for you, why didn't you bring it up when you were with the Astros? Why didn't you step up and stop it? You're going to wait until you go to another team. You're going to enjoy the fruits. If there's any success being had, you're enjoying that while you're with the Astros, and then you go away and say, I don't like that anymore. To me, that's not a very good standard, and I think most baseball players will look at it that way. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is Fires a rat? I mean, is he a is he a whistleblower? A guy who, I don't know, saw that the team that he was on was cheating. And yes, he, he benefited it to an extent. He, he didn't stop it. He didn't blow the whistle on it while it was going on. But now he has exposed this cheating scandal. Should he be viewed as a rat or... Should he be viewed as a guy who, well, maybe he should have done it sooner, but at the end of the day, he's doing the right thing. Is he a rat? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or is he a whistleblower? I'll tell you where I come down on this in just a minute. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We're back. Heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States, and chances are you or someone you know is affected by it. Please, 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 please join Gene Miller for our latest WTMJ Cares initiative. Help us raise funds for a local chapter of the American Heart Association, all leading up to National Wear Red Day on Friday, February 7th. Go to WTMJ.com for more details. WTMJ Cares is powered by Watry Industries and Premier Aluminum. Okay, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The reason that the scandal is roiling Major League Baseball is because a couple former players on the Houston Astros, they blew the whistle on, on what was going on. It said we had this elaborate cheating scandal scheme. They went to the, the media. They reported this. Major League Baseball investigated. They found it was true. And now you have this huge fallout. And guys like Phil Garner, former manager of the Brewers, saying, hey, Mike Fires, the pitcher who broke this, he, he's going to be viewed as a, a rat. All right. Is that really a fair sort of thing to describe? All right. Let's go to a couple of texts. Mike in Marquette, Michigan, says, I think he was right to tell the truth. I think he didn't say something sooner because he feared retaliation from his teammates, coaches, and or the Astros organization. Uh, Tom in West Bend says, Jeff, I believe he's perceived as a rat amongst the guilty. But as far as the fans go, I think he's doing the right thing. Um, Jeff, it's a shame he couldn't have stayed anonymous like the impeachment whistleblower. Oh, well, there's that there. Jeff, calling fires a rat is a further example of the stupidity of baseball people. They cheated with video thinking they wouldn't get caught, accepted multi-million dollar deals um, on the fans' wallets while they juiced themselves and the ball. They corked bats and they canceled the 94 season and fires is a rat. I'll take one Mike Fires for any 10 of them. I'm closer, I'm closer to the last text message than I certainly am to Phil Garner. Now, see, here's the thing, for example, that drove me crazy about baseball during the steroid era. The union knew this was going on. 
players knew that there were people who were cheating, who were taking steroids, and and yet they didn't want to step up and they didn't want to do anything to make that right. And, and part of it was probably, well, you know, we we don't we don't want to call out some of our union members who are cheating. But I always thought, what about the people that weren't cheating? I mean, what about the people who were, I don't know, you know, you're 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 not cheating. You're a 250 hitter, and all of a sudden you see your career being shortened by somebody who's automatically now all of a sudden who's not as good a natural baseball player as you are, but now the guy's hitting home runs and he's hitting 280 and his, you know, he's gotten a lot faster all because he, he's cheating. Well, okay, I understand on the one hand you, you don't want to, you know, it, it's the it's one of your union brothers that's there. But at the same time, what about the people who are playing by the rules and they're getting passed up and they're not getting the big contracts and maybe their careers are shorter because, hey, we'd rather pay the big money to the 280 hitter than the 250 hitter. And, you know, we don't care if the 280 hitter is is cheating or, or whatever. This is kind of the, the same thing. Now, you know, would it have been nice if Mike Fires early on would have said, you know, in 2017, while he's playing for the team, guys, this is wrong. You know, this is cheating. We we should not be doing this. And would it have been nice and would it have been a credit if he blew the whistle early? Absolutely. No no question about it. So I, I understand he leaves himself open to being accused of, hypoc- of being a hypocrite. Hey, you cheated. You took advantage of it. And, and now now you're you're going public with it. At the same time. This isn't what a rat is. He is exposing conduct, which is against the rules. He is exposing conduct, which, like I say, a lot of the players, and that's his point, you know, there's a lot of players who are trying to play by the rules, and their careers are taking a hit because, you know, other people are cheating to do better. So, you know, does it make you a rat because you're exposing this illegal conduct? And my answer would would be no. And shame on people like Phil Gardner and shame on anybody in Major League Baseball, including some commentators, particularly a prominent one on ESPN, who are being critical of fires for exposing the the cheating. And if it makes Major League Baseball look bad, well, too bad. If this is the facts that there was a team that won the World Series that did it by cheating, well, okay, too bad. That's what the facts are. If it makes you look bad, well, it, it, it deserve it, it deserves that that you know and if Houston thinks that they're being treated unfairly and I don't know if they do or not but if Houston fans think they're being treated unfairly well maybe your team should have followed the rules and the guy that exposed it perhaps even though he was a bit tardy in exposing it he's not the bad guy and and maybe just maybe if you had more rats like that who decided to go forward and tell people when the cheating is going on Maybe, you know, maybe the game would be cleaner. He's a rat. Give me a break. Back with more in just a minute. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Melissa, you're going to be watching the Packers game on Sunday? I will. Okay, you're mm-hmm. going to be watching it. Yeah. All right. Let me, this is a vague question to ask, but I have a point. Why are you going to be watching it? Why will I be watching it? Well, I am a fan. Okay. So that's one. Okay. Uh, B, I really like, I've seen every game this season, so why would I miss another one? Okay. Um, you know, in the playoffs, the playoffs are a big deal. 
And I work in news, so I got to know what's going on too. Okay, <laughs> all, all, all very, all, those, all very, yeah. very valid reasons. Now, this might this might seem like a dumb question that I'm going to ask you, but bear bear with me at this point. If you knew how the game was going to turn out, would you watch it, or would you be any any anywhere near as interested in watching it if you knew the outcome? Ooh, that's a tough one. If I knew, yeah, if they you knew. won. I would still watch it because I want. I would want to yeah, see but, the build up. If but, they lost, I don't know. But, That's right. a tough one. But, yeah. but you wouldn't be. I mean, I, I guess it'd be fair to say. And I think this is probably true for most people. That the the thing that makes live sports fun. For most people, is you watch it because you don't know how it's going to turn oh, out. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, it, it's, it's yeah. as a practical matter. If, for example, you weren't able to watch the game on Sunday, but mm-hmm. you had DVR'd it and you found out the the outcome. Maybe you'd watch it on Tuesday, but if you knew that the Packers lost, you know, 40 to 37, there, there wouldn't be as much interest. You know, you, you might go see a couple plays, and I understand there's people who go back and watch it, but, mm-hmm. but the beauty of, of live sports, and it's one of the reasons why advertisers charge all this money and is be, get, pay all this money, is because we watch it because we want to know how it turns out as a general rule. Would yes. that be fair? Mm-hmm. That'd be okay. fair. Okay, good. That, that's the only... That, Gru is looking at me like, okay, that's obvious. Why were you doing that? All right. But, but, but accept this premise that if you know, if you know how something is going to turn out, I'm not saying that you necessarily have no interest in it, but, but you have less interest in it. And if, if we all knew, if we said beforehand that the Packers 49ers game this weekend was going to be like professional wrestling and the script had leaked, and we, we knew that, you know, that it was going to be decided on a last minute field goal and this, they had it all orchestrated. It was going to be like a play. If you knew how it was going to turn out, you would be less interested. I, I don't think you can argue that point. All right. Which brings me to the other big story, this time a huge national story, which is the I word impeachment. Now, the trial starts on Tuesday. The trial will last probably two weeks, you know, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. My experience having tried cases in a court of law is that a lot of times trials actually end up going more quickly than, than they end up being predicted to go. But, but okay, you've, you've got the impeachment thing that's going to be turned out, turned on. Now, I understand this is a frustrating reality for some of you to hear. I get it. But we know what the outcome of this is going to be. We, we know the outcome. Donald Trump is not going to be convicted. He is not going to be removed from office. There's not two-thirds of the Senate that are going to vote to remove him. Now, you might be frustrated with that. You might think the senators are not doing their constitutional duty. I, I understand all that. But we know in advance what the outcome of this is going to be. And, and and I understand maybe there's some of you that are out there saying, well, you don't know there there could be some just bombshell. This guy. I look, I I will bet you all the money in your wallet versus all the money in my wallet. And I've got some money in my wallet right now that you know th- th- that this is what the outcome is. He is not going to be convicted. I don't think anybody thinks that he is going to be convicted. So given that outcome, do you care about? The process. Do you care to watch this? Or is this just essentially a, a waste of time? 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage talk and text line. All right. Is this going to be just a giant yawner? Do most Americans care 
especially given the fact that we know how this is going to turn out. Now, while Gru is lining up the calls, let me share with you the first three paragraphs of an opinion piece by a conservative commentator, Hugh Hewitt, who's it's in the Washington Post today. The impeachment trial will be a big yawn for millions of Americans. If we could apply AI to um, IO, artificial intelligence to impeachment obsession, there might emerge the archetype of the impeachment addict, a strange and decidedly outnumbered category of American, part hopeless dreamer and part conspiracy-addicted schemer, almost certainly a blue-check Twitter hyper-user and one disconnected from the NFL entirely. Impeachment is a yawner, he writes, except when it's an obsession. I'm interested in a matter as a matter of triple professional obligation. Impeachment theory and practice is not only an annual lecture in my constitutional law class, but also a subject about which I'm occasionally asked to opine by NBC News. My largely center-right radio audience isn't interested in the specifics of the allegations against President Trump. They long ago dismissed the charges as absurd, resulting from the pumped-up histrionics of an ultra-partisan age. But they are listening intensely to see which Senate Republicans will fight. But many in the chattering class are obsessed with the charges, genuinely, thoroughly, wholly obsessed. Never have so few rode so fervently for a destination that the rest of the world would be almost certainly happy to skip. These are the same people who thought special counsel Robert Mueller was sending a secret message using every fourth word in alternating paragraphs. Please. Liberal and left-wing friends inside the Beltway and cocooned in the executive suites in the broadcast industry. Please understand, most Americans don't care. They care about the election. They care about Iran. They care about whether Trump can keep the economy booming. All right. Let's tee this up. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage talk and text line. His premise is, we know what the outcome is going to be. Most Americans don't care about this especially since we know what the result is do you care and why we discuss in just a moment if you're on the line please hold on this is jeff wagner back to take your calls here's wtmj's jeff wagner i am genuinely intrigued by by this issue because if you if you watch the, the cable news channels the cnn msnbc fox news it's pretty much wall-to-wall impeachment if you look at the Washington Post or the New York Times, it, it's, I don't know, wall-to-wall, but it, it's over one, one impeachment story after a, another. Whenever I bring this up on the program, I, I, I get decided uh, listener input. I get half the people saying, oh, my God, you're talking about impeachment? I, I, guess I I'm bored. Make this go away. Nothing's going to happen. And then you get other people who say, you spent two minutes talking about Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Don't you realize there's a constitutional crisis going on in this country? you got to be talking about impeachment all three hours of the show every day, which I will tell you is is not going to happen. But so here, here's my question, and it really kind of goes back to this Washington Post story today. Guys saying, hey, look, most Americans, especially, I think, because this is, there's, there's no surprise, there's no mystery to this. We understand whether you agree with the outcome or not. We understand how this is going to turn out. So, all right, is it a yawner or not? Let's start with Cindy. Cindy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Cindy. What do you think? Yeah, my um, my father, he's 90 years old now, um, he and I watched the Watergate hearings. I think I was just on a cusp of high school, mm-hmm. and uh, 
you know, I was very interested, and it taught me some government. And by the time I got to senior year in high school, I did extremely well in American government classes and American history, and I have loved the whole subject of politics ever since. So if for no other reason, just to watch government work. So the fe- Understand well, the process. Right, or, or arguably not work. Some people might say that this will not thing. work. Yeah. So, right. so now the interesting thing, it's, it's funny that you brought up Watergate because I, I grew up, you know, I, I was in high school at the time of the Watergate era too. At that point in time, it, it seemed like maybe it was because we didn't have the 24-7 news cycles. It seemed like there were always new developments that were out there. In this case, I'm not sure there's any new developments, but you don't care about that. You just say, "Hey, I just I, I want to see I want to see how this whole thing works," because you're in, you're a student of government, right? Yeah. And absolutely, you're correct. It's we know the outcome, but like I say, even for young, most more so for young kids, it's a way to maybe get them interested in government. I don't want them to get angry and be turned off, which could happen this time. Right. But for me, it um, provided me a future path to hobbies and interests sure. because I just totally loved it because of that Watergate yeah. hearings. Interesting. I knew hey. all the characters. Oh. It was my it was like my soap opera. <laughs> yeah. Well it, it I mean there there you know and, and to that extent from an entertainment perspective there there there's probably an element of that because you there there's there's certainly enough characters in this one, whether characters it's on both yeah, sides, right, right, exactly. <laughs> that, that makes, no, exactly. But and you've got, depending on your perspective, you've got good guys and bad guys, and you've got shadowy figures. Or, from an entertainment perspective, I, I guess I kind of see that. But if we all know how it's going to turn out, it, it, is there as much interest? Let's talk to Aaron. Aaron, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And I completely agree with you. We do know the outcome of this. And to a certain point, yes, it's a yawner. I listen to the house hearings most of the time in the background while I was at work or, or right. what have you when I could. And it was just repetitive on both sides. Now, sometimes where I took interest is where people actually brought up additional things that weren't the mainstream story or the right. the repetitive and things like that. And and to the process and, and, and seeing how they're doing it or not doing it properly. That's how I, I like seeing it, you know. So, Do you think you're going to be as riveted or as tuned in over the next week or two while, while they're having the, the, fun, the trial itself in the Senate? I will be, honestly, because um, I was but four, I was, I don't know, I was probably six years old when Clinton, uh-huh. this was done Okay. And so I've, I haven't seen this. Okay. So this is something that I'm interested in seeing just for that. But I know I'm going to be yawning at the same repetitive testimony again. Got it. And bringing up that's just ridiculous. Okay. Well, thanks. That, that, that's interesting. And by the way, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of people getting involved and watching how government works and things like that. And that's, there, there is a validity to that from a, hey, let, let's, let's see how the sausage is made type of standpoint. From the perspective of, I don't know, the American people, but it's interesting because our first two callers are, are yeah, we're going to watch it, but it's it's process. You know, I, I want to see how this process works as opposed to, gee, I really think the president's going to be removed from office. Because, again, we, we all know we all know what the outcome of this is going to be. Vincent on the northwest side. Vincent, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Vincent. Yeah, you know, I, I, I again like the two callers before. I, I watched the uh, 
uh, Bill Clinton impeachment hearings, and, and everybody knew the outcome, what the outcome was going to be of that. Right. But the fact is, is that the interesting thing, this, this is a part of, uh, of, of American history, and it's going to be a part, it's going to be in history to perpetuity. So the fact is, is that the process of how government works and the fact is what kind of witnesses are going to be called and what are they going to say is, to me, uh, uh, real interesting. So I don't see why it's going to be a yawner. But, yeah, but regardless of what the, uh, the Senate does, but the fact is, uh, yeah, uh, it, 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 this, is, this, is, this is exciting. Well, okay, well uh, exciting. <laughs> that, that, exciting. Okay, let, what if, and, and again, I don't know how this is all going to develop, but what if there aren't witnesses called, which is a very, very real possibility. So the, the quote-unquote trial is going to be reading stuff from the record as to what occurred in, uh, you know, what, what was what was undertaken during that the House impeachment hearings. So you're reading that into the record, and then politicians and lawyers kind of making arguments. You, you think you might tune out on that part? Will, will that make it less yeah, exciting? Yeah, I, I think I might because I, I think I would tune out on it. I think it would be I would be I would be a disservice to not a disservice to the American people if if witnesses aren't called if if, if the right. Senate comes in and reads and then says well they dismiss everything. Right. I think the fact is that this would be a total disservice to the American people. Yeah, it will. It, you know, it, it's it is interesting. I I have to admit I might. I might tune back in and zone in a little bit more if if John Bolton testifies and if Hunter Biden testifies and if Joe Biden gets called to testify. I agree that that might take it into just a, another realm of theater because you don't exactly well, well the outcome is predetermined. You don't know what any of these guys are going to say. That there there is that kind of element that that might get my attention too. Thanks for call and I I appreciate the the idea of of history. I just I wonder and look, and I understand that there's a huge chunk of the population that can't stand Donald Trump and wants him removed as president and, and are screaming at the radio, that's, this guy is saying it's not going to happen. Well, it's, it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, and, uh, unless there is some incredible smoking gun that has not showed up yet, and I kind of doubt it, it it's, this isn't going to happen. So we, we know what the outcome is. The process, yeah, it, 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 is, it is going to be history. Is it a yawner, though? Let's talk to Brian in Richfield. Brian, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Love your show. I listen you. to it every day. You are a man of discerning uh, taste. I appreciate that. Right on. You know, you got a good program there. I talk to my dad every day. He's 84. We kind of share the same politics on this, and, and I, I agree. We already know what's going to happen, what the outcome is going to be, okay? Right. I'm going to follow it because I'm old enough that I care. When Clinton, when they were going after Clinton, I was just getting out of high school and I was young enough to where, eh, you know, and um, I'm interested to see how the process works. Uh Do I think that some of it's going to be a yawner? Yeah, I do, because we've we've been hearing about this for the last three years, you know. Now, what my dad and I think is why do it nine months before an election? You know what I mean? Maybe let the people decide. There's a lot of wasted taxpayer money involved here, and to me, it seems like the left is trying to divorce themselves from the right. Well, all it is. Yeah, I mean, thanks. I don't think there's any question about it. If you look at the if you look at the impeachment of Clinton, that was during the second term. If you look at the impeachment efforts against Richard Nixon, that was during his second term, and Nixon was kind of different than Clinton, and the Clinton. The reason I think there might have been more interest in the Clinton matter was 
because the Clinton thing, it, I mean, ostensibly it involved perjury, but at the heart of it involved sex. And it just, you know, <laughs> at the heart of it, it involved sex. And, and that kind of that that made, you know, brought brought in eyeballs here. It's like, you know, we, we want to try to figure this out. I guess the, the bottom line is in, in this program, we're going to continue to talk about different avenues of impeachment. I don't know how the trial is going to go. Is it going to be more interesting if they open it up and Hunter Biden is made to testify and Joe Biden is made to testify and um, Rudy Giuliani is brought in to testify and um, you know some of the, the other players, John Bolton, is brought in to testify? Will that be more interesting? Yes. Will it, it change the overall dynamic? No, it, it won't. Um, it, the whole idea of, you know, day after day of, of listening to, you know, lawyers slash congressmen just kind of repeat their talking points. To me, I, I'm not sure that that's going to make great TV, but there's no question. It is, it is a part of history and we'll be around to talk about it. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. <laughs> Following the Democratic debates the other night, one of the, the big questions, it's interesting, nobody's talking about anything that the candidates said during the debate. The only thing that is being discussed is the, the set-to between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren afterwards. It was caught by a hot mic. I think you, you perhaps know the, the story. A few days ago, Elizabeth Warren comes out and says, you know, Bernie implies that Bernie Sanders is this this awful sexist. And she says, now keep in mind, we're in January of 2020. She says sometime, you know, late summer of 2018, so a year and a half ago, Bernie and I met. And during this meeting, Bernie said that he didn't think a woman could be elected president. Bernie Sanders said, I never said that. Okay, now, so... And, of course, this is it's generating controversy. He said, she said, literally, he said, she, she said. You've got, you know, CNN, the moderator that asks Bernie, he denies it, and then she says to Elizabeth Warren, well, when Bernie said this to you, I mean, it was really, it was not CNN's finest moment, but but yet you have this going on back and forth. Now, who said what to whom, I, I don't know. Do I think Bernie Sanders, of all people, do I think that he's this evil, sexist, misogynist who said, Elizabeth, there's no way a woman can be elected president? I find that difficult to believe. It just strikes me as being something out of character and inconsistent with, you know, all the other things that Bernie Sanders has said over the years. But, you know, that that's not the most interesting aspect of the story to me. The interesting aspect of the story to me is, why is this surfacing now? Why is Elizabeth Warren bringing this up? At this point in time, if they really had this conversation back in 2018, why hasn't she been saying, oh, how dare you even consider about voting for Bernie Sanders? I mean, he's this awful misogynist who said a woman can't get elected president. Why Why hasn't this been raised before now? And now, of course, we're looking at just a couple weeks out from the, um, the Iowa caucus. Well, the answer is becoming more and more clear the more polls that come out. There was a Des Moines Register poll that came out, what, like late last week. The poll showed that Bernie Sanders was passing Elizabeth Warren among that that progressive wing of the Democrat Party. That and, And that's the wing that the two of them are fighting for. Bernie had started pulling ahead. She was running third or fourth in, in the polling, but she was behind Bernie for the, the again, the, the progressive view. New poll out today, Reuters poll, and this is a national poll. 
All right, national polls, and keep in mind, we elect presidents. We don't elect presidents nationwide. We elect them state by state. But to give you an idea, national poll that I'm looking at, it's a Reuters poll. 20% of Democrats say they would back Sanders. 19% say Biden. And then uh, 12% say Elizabeth Warren. She's running behind Bernie Sanders. So I was looking at a number of the other national polls that have come out in the last week, all of which been, have been released in the last two or three days. And no matter where you look, like here's one by The Economist, and, and you know, take these polls with a grain of salt, but I think you see my point. Uh, the Economist's poll, Biden 27, Sanders um, 20, Warren 14, The Hill poll, Biden 29, Sanders 19, Warren 11, Quinnipiac, Biden 25, Sanders 19, Warren 16. Um, let's see, the IBD poll, Biden 26, uh, okay, that's that's kind of an outlier. Morning Consult, Biden 29, Sanders 23, Warren 14. What you're starting to see is the, the voters, the left-wing voters, if you believe the polls, coalescing around Bernie. And what I think is going on here is I think the Elizabeth Warren campaign looks at this and says, hey, we're in trouble here because, you know, we're not going to get the moderate voters at this point in time. We've got to be the standard bearer of the left. And at least if you look at these polling numbers, and my guess is their internal polling numbers are probably saying the same thing. We've got to get people to bail on Bernie. What's the best way to do that? Well, we say he's this evil old sexist who hates women and doesn't think they can get elected president. And if you don't think that's the case, the big question is, why do you drop this allegation at this point in time in the campaign? I smell flop sweat. When we come back, we're supposed to be talking to John McCure. He's out in California. Stick around. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We're back. It's always a scary thing about technology when John McCure... We're going to be talking to him in just a couple seconds. He's in California. And my producer is saying he's trying to collect, he's trying to connect to Lucy Live, which I have no idea what that means. But, but John, you, you, have, you have made it work, whatever that is. I don't know who Lucy is and why you're trying to connect to her, but no, actually, I do. It's, it's a different way of communicating. Hello. <laughs> Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Lucy is our friend. That's right. That's how we get this all hooked up. Hey, I wish you were here with us, and I, and I sincerely mean that because you're a fun guy to hang out with, and this is absolutely gorgeous. We're in San Jose, Santa Clara, kind of right on the border there. It's where the 49ers play. It's where the Packers will play on Sunday. Uh, Snow-capped mountains, I'm looking at it's bright sunshine. It's going to be a great weekend for football. Um, okay, so I, I heard some of your reports. You flew out last night with Greg. There were uh, Packers fans and 49ers fans on the flight with you. Yeah, this was really interesting. So Matzik and I had quite an adventure getting out here. Our flights were delayed. We didn't get to our hotel until about 2 o'clock in the morning. And on the flight, there were Packers fans and Niners fans. And there was a little bit of friction, actually, that happened. I interviewed Packers fans after we landed to the airport. And they had their green and gold on. I was standing talking to them. They were a very pleasant couple, Bob and Terry. And suddenly, Niners fans walked by, started talking trash and taunting them right in the middle while we were doing the interview. It was really... Kind of huh. tense. I think they're they're nervous out there, Jeff. They're tense. They're stressed. Well, that that that's all. That is all very good. Now, I also heard that you you have found a a quasi Packers bar with a Wisconsin bartender that you're going to go hang out at and, and yes. talk to fans. 
How good is this? So the name of the bar is The High Life, like the champagne of beers, right. Miller. So that's where we're going to hang out, and there is a bartender there who has family in Wisconsin, the Northwoods, that still own a tavern there. And she's a whole lot of fun. She's going to kind of be our host this afternoon. So we are going to head there coming up here shortly. As a matter of fact, we're on our way there. If we can, if I convince Greg to get out of the sunshine and actually get into the bar. <laughs> well, to that Not usually hard to convince Matzik to get into the bar, but that's what we're trying to do. To that point, um, I, I know you were at Lambeau Field as I was, you know, last weekend. Mm-hmm. It was... It, it wasn't awful, but it was cold and it snowed beforehand. Mm-hmm. Much different weather forecast and much different footing and much different setting for the game this Sunday. Yeah, you got that right. It's supposed to be about 60 degrees. It's supposed to be a dry for the most part. They've had a lot of rain out here. And at one point, they were actually concerned about Levi Stadium because they've had so much rain and how the turf would handle that. And, of course, they tarp it, but they have had a lot of rain the last month out here. But Sunday looks good. And another thing we're going to be keeping an eye on, Jeff, which is kind of interesting, is that there are a bunch of Packers who love this part of the country, are from this part of the country. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are both both from north-central California, kind of a homecoming for both those guys. It'll be interesting to see how things pan out. You know, John, the other thing I'm going to be interested in hearing your firsthand accounts of is is, is how many Packers fans actually go out and, and end up making the trip. You know, I, I think... Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to get to California to an extent. Expensive that yes. is to get to California. That's an expensive area in the country. Um, I, I understand. We, we all hope for the best. Some people are perhaps thinking, okay, the, we you know, look what happened. You know, back earlier in the season, the Packers don't have much of a chance. I'm wondering if Packers fans are going to travel as well as they typically did, or maybe some people are just going to you know hold on to their powder, hope they get to Miami, and then try to figure out how to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, Jeff, I'm interested to see that, too. Levi Stadium's smaller than Lambeau Field. It seats about 10,000 less people than Lambeau Field. It's expensive to get here. It's expensive to get in the door. When I looked yesterday, it was like $450 was the cheapest ticket to get in an upper corner of the end zone, and that's only going to go up in the next couple of days. And as we booked our travel to come out here, it was very expensive. There's not a lot of options from Milwaukee. Obviously, less options from Green Bay to get out to San Francisco. Very few direct flights. Uh, But we saw some folks in the airport. Packers travel well, and they have a history in every part of the country. So it will be interesting to see how much green and gold is in the stands. Hey, let's talk a little bit. I mean, I know you're going to be doing call-ins during Wisconsin's afternoon news. But you and Greg have your your own special Mission Miami show tonight from 6 until 9. What, What are you going to be doing on that program? What's the plan? Yeah, you you know, Jeff, I'm really excited about that. This has been kind of a special treat for me, uh, similar when we covered the Bucks, because I'm a huge sports guy, so to be actually to really cover sports is a lot of fun, and Matic's kind of the driver of that show, Mission Miami, from 4 to 7, and it's just fun to take a deeper dive. So we will hear from some fans during that show. There will be analysis of what to expect, several features that we've put together on some of the key players that will uh, decide what happens in that game. That'll all be from 4 to 7. We'll work in some phone calls. But more than anything, we're going to bring people the vibe of being out here in Southern California, excuse me, Northern California, <laughs> what it's like to be on the ground, what the energy's like, what the vibe's like. We want to take you, our listeners, along on the journey as the Packers prep for that Sunday game. Plus, John, I, I mean, I, I hate to bring this up, but I, 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 you know, I, you know how I am. This is your chance for redemption because we sent you to, to Toronto at the end of that Bucks thing, and we know how that turned out. So this, this is your chance for redemption. There's a lot riding on this, my friend. 
You know, you're right about that. I didn't need that extra pressure. And uh, are, are you trying to tell me if it doesn't go well this time, this could be my last road trip? <laughs> well, I'm not the guy that makes that call, but I, I am. I, I do remember we sent you up to Toronto. You did a great yes. job, except yes. except the Bucks let us down. Hopefully, you'll be able to bring that back, John. Um, I, I know you're going to have a great time up there. I know you're going to do a great job. I know you're going to be in the locker room after the game on Sunday, getting sound. I will look forward to listening to all your different reports, and I'll see you when you get back here early next week. All right. Sounds good, Jeff. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. John McCure in Northern California. You know, I was sitting here, and every once in a while I have this little stop sign in my head, and there's a little man that says, oh, you don't want to go down this route. But I, a number of people had pointed out, oh, you're sending John McCure out there. Isn't he the guy that you sent to Toronto with the Bucks? And it, it had nothing to do with John. But, again, this is his chance for redemption. Nobody will ever remember, you know, that Toronto trip. If they go out and he helps bring home a victory against San Francisco, it's getting the Packers to the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. How cool would that be? Tune in. John and Greg are going to be doing all sorts of special broadcasts over the course of the next couple days, all leading up to Sunday late afternoon, early evening, the game between the 49ers and the Packers. You can hear it all here on WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. All right, we'd lighten it up in the 2 o'clock hour of the Friday program, Pop Culture Corner, uh, sports-related. Give you a hint on that coming up uh, right after the bottom of the hour news. All right, Willie Nelson. Rue, you you a fan of Willie Nelson? You a Willie fan? Yeah, generally. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I am too. I I I grew up on Willie Nelson music. I mean, I remember the Outlaw music days and you know Willie and Waylon Jennings and all that. I mean, I, so I I have been a fan of his. Willie Nelson coming back to Milwaukee. This will be his, I think, fourth Wisconsin appearance in just the last year, and he's going to be performing at the Riverside Theater on Wednesday night, April 29th. Uh, I just, I would just kind of check. I, I think very strong demand for ticket sales. So, and it's because, I mean, a lot of times if you go to see Willie Nelson, you see him in larger venues like an amphitheater type of thing. So, an, an intimate venue like the Riverside Theater, it, it's it's a chance to see him, and he he's. He's 80, he's going to be 87 years old on um, on Wednesday, April 29th. So this is going to be his 87th birthday, and there is this element. And I, I believe me, I don't mean to be morbid about it, but you know he's 87. How many more times are you going to be able to see him in concert? You just you, of course, with with Willie, you never know. He could, he. Probably going to be going strong at 100 or something like that. But he's coming to the Riverside Theater. And, again, I think ticket sales are very, very robust because people want to see him because he's an institution. Now, I am perhaps the not the best person to launch into this particular topic because if you're a regular listener, you know that, for me, going to Jimmy Buffett shows is kind of like a, a cult sort of thing. And I stopped counting. I honestly got stopped counting a couple of years ago after 85 shows. Uh, oh, This is over – over decades, and I see Jimmy Buffett a couple times a year, and it never gets old for me. I, so, you know, we see him in Las Vegas, and you know, he comes to Alpine Valley. I'm not sure I'm going back to Alpine Valley anymore, but I, but I'll see him a couple times this year at a couple different venues. So it never gets old. So anyhow, they announced that Willie Nelson is coming in, and um, I, I guess I like Willie Nelson. I have something. If if I didn't have something up on April 29th, I would have probably gotten tickets. But uh, that that date doesn't work very well for me. But anyhow, you know he's he's coming, and and lots of people are going to flock to see him. I was talking to 
a friend of mine, um, maybe a couple years older than me, but over the years, you know, I, I've seen lots and lots of shows. I, I love, I've had the, you know, the, the privilege of, of, of going and being in a position where I could go see a bunch of shows. I, I love to see shows. I love to see live performances. And like I said, I've seen Willie Nelson countless, countless times. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who has probably been in general to more, more rock performance shows than, than I have all all across the board. And I said, hey, Willie, Willie Nelson is coming. You know, it'd be kind of cool. We could get k- tickets. I'd like to get tickets, but I, that, the date doesn't work and stuff. And, and my friend said, look, nothing against Willie Nelson. He said, but I'm tired of seeing, you know, these guys that are in their 70s. And by guys, I think he was including women as well. I'm tired of seeing these performers, these guys in their 70s and 80s that I have seen five or six or, or 10 times. I'd much rather see the young performers. I, I'd much rather find the, the up and coming talent that, that, I, that I haven't seen before. That, that I, I'm going to be surprised by. That I, I want to see the new performer. I want to see who, who's the hot act now. Um, maybe you see him in a smaller club or something like that. And this isn't a knock on Willie Nelson. Like I say, I think Willie Nelson's a great performer. But his point was, you know, we, we spend, we, we baby boomers, we spend all this time and all this money going to see the, the same shows over and over again. I mean, how many times have you seen Bob Dylan? How many times have you seen, you know, f- fill in the blank, Neil Young, what, whoever the, Rod Stewart, whoever the performer might be. And it's interesting because I, I stopped to think that, you know, th- there is an element of truth to that. You know, when I have the opportunity, I go and tend to see these shows that I've seen over and I've seen the performers over and over again. And my, my sort of mental justification of it is, well, you, you never know if this is going to be the, is this going to be the last time they tour? They're in their seventies. They're in their eighties. You know, what, whatever that is, you know, d- do I really need to see them again? And I, I do that a lot because again, I don't know whether it's nostalgia or, you know, you go and say, I remember when I saw this particular performer, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago or whatever, and I still like their music and I'm still willing to go there. My buddy's point was, you know, we should be trying to find new music and and that's, that's where we should be spending our, our time, not going to see John Mellencamp for the 15th time. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accunate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Where do you come down on this? On the one hand, tried and true performers that you've seen over and over and over again, who quite candidly, because of their stature, they're probably commanding top dollars. You know, the I mean, go try to see the Eagles. I mean, and look at how much you're going to spend to see the, the remaining Eagles. You've got that on the one hand. You know, should are we by going to see the same artists over and over again, the people that you've seen five or six or seven times, you know, are we doing ourselves a disservice instead of doing that? You know, should we be trying again to find those new performers or, hey, it's the soundtrack, you know, if the 70s are the soundtrack of your life, go because you're going to know all the songs, you're going to know all the words and you're going to have a lot more fun. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage talk and text line. All right, when you're going to these shows or you're thinking about spending your hard-earned money, see, do you go to see the same performer over and over again, maybe a performer that you've seen for years, or should we be looking for the, the newer talent, finding the people that might surprise you? 
We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. 855-616-1620 is the number. I admit, historically, I tend to to go see the tried and true performers that I've seen countless times. My buddy is at least making me rethink whether that's the wisest thing. We're back in just a second. If you're on the line, please hold on. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. Let's start with Brent in Sockville. Hi, Brent. You're on the air. Hi. I just, the point I wanted to make was that I you pay top dollars for these bands, and no offense, but last time I saw Willie Nelson at Summerfest with Chris Christopherson, they weren't really singing. They pretty much talk the songs mm-hmm. because their voices are gone. Yeah, the, and, and anyway, in the case so. of Christofferson, and I'm a, I'm a huge Chris, Chris, Chris Christofferson fan, but he never had the greatest voice to begin with, and you're saying the years haven't oh, been particularly no. kind to him, huh? Yeah. yeah. No, the last time we saw him, they, like I said, it was it was basically the spoken word more than singing. Right, right. Well, that's, so, I mean, you know, yeah. they, they, it's, you know it's, it's interesting you bring that up. I, I, okay, I, I, I'm Don Rickles, you know, Don Rickles, who is very, very famous comedian, passed away a couple years back and big on The Tonight Show, really, really big in the 60s and 70s and things like that. I had never seen Don Rickles live. And, and a couple of years ago, he came to Pottawatomi and, and I wanted, I'd never seen him want to do it. And it, it was it was kind of painful because he just, I mean, I remembered the Don Rickles of his prime, and, and it was, was it nice to see this performer, but he was still doing the same act he probably did in 1972, and it really didn't play that well in 2000, whenever this was. And, and I remember walking away thinking, oh, man. I mean, it, I, yes, I'm glad I saw him perform live, but to you know Brent's point, it's like, wow, um, he just, he's an institution, a living legend. So you go out, but it was like, oh, man, this was kind of tough to watch. Let's talk to Dan in Port Washington. Dan, you're on WTMJ. Uh, hi, Jeff. How are hi, you? I'm well, thank you. Okay, what do you think? I mean, are we are we too obsessed with going to see the same performers over and over and over and over and over again? Um, to an extent, if, uh, unless those performers uh, perform exceptionally well and you enjoy them, like I saw, never seeing Tom Petty. Right. And seeing him for the last time saying, um, I don't think he looks good. I said to people next to me, have you ever seen him? No, I said, uh, enjoy this. It'll probably yeah. be the last time. Now, here's where I'm going with this. I played rock and roll for seven years. I like to find younger venues, like 19 to 25-year-old musicians. Give example, Greg Cook. Greg Cook, his son Dylan, plays drums. I'm a okay. drummer. Okay, fine. And John Fogarty played, and his 27-year-old son is on stage playing guitar. Where can we have a venue in Milwaukee for the younger, younger, starving artists, Jeff? Yeah. Starving artists, whether folk or rock are. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, there, there's a struggle. Because sure. for the bar owner to lay out 2000 bucks for some guys that look like they can't pay their rent, um, you tell me. But in San Francisco or Chicago, different places, there are places to go. Either like, wow, I was blown away. Right, and you just don't see no. Th- and you, and I see, and I get what you're saying. You don't see that anymore because the the older, the baby boom performers um, who appeal to who at least appeal to those of us who might be a little bit or baby boomers ourselves might have a little bit more discretionary income, and and we can pay 
you know, whatever the ticket price, okay, you're, you're charging 100 bucks a ticket or you're $150 a ticket, that's going to eliminate a good chunk of the market. Well, okay, you, you find the, the well-heeled baby boomers who can shell that out. Well, okay, that, that's money they're spending on the established performer. And I, again, I'm, there, there, this is just individual preferences, but my conversation with my friend has me thinking about this because I, I tend to do this. I mean, I, you, you, I tend to see, again, some of the same performers. I, I saw, Okay, Rod Stewart. I've seen Rod Stewart a half a dozen times. I saw him, you know, we were in Las Vegas a while back. I said, okay, I'm going to go see Rod Stewart again. And Rod Stewart, I, I saw him on a bad night. I mean, it's just, his voice, I, I, I hope I saw him a bad night. He, no, the voice was shot. He was having real trouble, you know, not only not hitting high notes, but hitting, you know, notes in, in general. But it, it was still, it was kind of this nostalgia type of thing. And Maggie May is one of my very, very favorite song, songs of all time. So to have a chance to see Rod Stewart play Maggie May, you know, one more time, I, I guess I, I walked out thinking it was worth it. But, but as far as, oh, wow, this is this incredible rock show with all this incredible energy, um, no. Okay, let's go to a couple texts. Jeff, I agree with your buddy. Um, we saw all these full performers in their heyday many times over. There's so much really good and rewarding talent in these newer artists. Broaden your horizon and your life experiences. Spend the money on the new talent. Jeff, I've tried finding new talent. Not much to get excited about these days. Huh. Jeff, I still enjoy seeing my older favorites. I just saw uh, Seeger and Hart, but my wife talked me into going to see Greta Van Fleet at Summerfest last year, and my goodness, they're, they're Led Zeppelin reborn. So you always want to keep your options open. Well, yeah, there's something like that. Jeff, we went and saw Ronnie Millsap a couple years ago in Escanaba. We love his music. Unfortunately, he was not able to sing his whole songs. His voice simply was not there anymore. Jeff, I was fortunate enough to see Carrie Underwood twice la- twice this last year, and I would have seen her another ten times if I could have. New music is good, but I think it's the familiarity of the music that draws us closer to the music and makes us feel a part of the actual show. Well, that's, you know, that's... That's a cool thing. I mean, there, there's no question about it. You know, you, there is the familiarity where, where you go and, okay, I, I've heard this song, you know, a million times and I can sing along with it and I know it and I feel I'm part of the crowd. And again, I, I'm, I'm probably the last person to bring this up because I, 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 you know, if Jimmy Buffett's around, I'm going to go see a Jimmy Buffett show and it doesn't matter how many times I've seen him. But that, even to me, that, that's kind of the exception. I'm part of that, that cult. We're a nice cult, but we, I acknowledge we're, we're a cult and, you know, that's out there there. But it is kind of the other performers. And am I still going to spend money to go see some of the old performers? Absolutely. Because even if they're not what they were in 1974, well, a lot of times they're, they're still, they're still pretty darn good, and, and that's okay. Plus, there is that nostalgia factor. You kind of want to see how people aged. But one of my one of my goals for the new year and moving forward is to also say, you know what? I want, I want to try to find some of these new artists as well, and I want to kind of be surprised about this. Let's talk to Paul. Paul, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. You know, I, I have to agree with you. Yes, I'll go back to sometimes the same people. Case example, Johnny Mathos will be coming this December again in Rosemont. He always tours, or he's at Rosemont with a 36-piece orchestra. Mm-hmm. And, Jeff, he can hold those notes like he did 30, 40 years ago. Right. And to start off the Christmas season, oh, my gosh, it's Johnny. Right. So I think, I think it's the time and place as far as, you know, 
where you want to experiment or where you want to find your comfort zone. Right, exactly, and it's so. And I'm wrestling. Thanks for I'm wrestling with that, and I guess I think maybe one of the things that I have done over the last several years is I've gotten too much into my comfort zone as opposed to, you know, maybe I really need to do, maybe I need to find out, go out there and and kind of explore some of this stuff because I bet you there's other stuff that's out there that I like that I just haven't really tried to find because I I know where my comfort zone is, which doesn't mean to say that I'm going to divorce myself from all the the music that I grew up with because that's just not the way it's going to be. In any event, um, Willie Nelson coming to the Riverside Theater April 29th. Ticket sales look like they're incredibly strong to me the tickets are on sale but um I, it looks like i was just playing around with some stuff and i was getting obstructed view tickets i don't know if that's for the whole thing whole place or not but um willie at the age of 87 he's still packing them in this is jeff wagner it's time now for jeff wagner's pop culture corner put aside the heavy lifting and call the acunet mortgage talk and text line 855-616-1620 and now here is jeff wagner Crew producing the show today and always. I swear I'm not making up this story. Did you just see what happened during the break? Okay, so I'm you're, you're, you don't have the right angle. So I'm I'm telling Rusty Melberg, make sure nothing happens to you. Get yourself bubble wrapped. You know we we need you and stuff. And as he's walking out, he's looking at me. And one of our other colleagues is coming into the studio through the. the we have this big heavy door that you got to push. And I'm kind of watching this, and it is there, but for the grace of God, that this big heavy door doesn't open up and clunk Rusty right in the forehead. I was thinking, huh, that. That would be that would be all sorts of interesting if he had gotten hit by the door and knocked out. It, I, irony would perhaps be the word for that. But but they but I was kind of watching this happen. I thought, man, that door almost hit him in the head. He says, boy, I, it almost did. So everything will be fine. It's it been an interesting story here, a little behind the scenes at Radio City. All right, this is the portion of the program we do this every Friday afternoon. I call it Pop Culture Corner. We sometimes talk about television and sometimes books and sometimes food and sometimes sports, just depending on what's going on in the given week that kind of tickles my fancy that I hope you will find of interest as well. As we started out this program, I understand the reality. Right now, it doesn't matter pretty much what what you're doing. We're all kind of filling time until Friday, uh, Sunday evening for the kickoff for the Packers game. And I understand there's a couple people out there that might be not be Packers fans, but get on board. You know, most of us, it's like, gosh, we can't wait until the kickoff. So it's always bad to kind of wish away hours of your life. And we hope you stay here on WTMJ and are entertained by all the different programs that we have leading up to the Packers kickoff, including all the pregame stuff. But I know bottom line is that's all kind of an appetizer. The main event is going to be Sunday at what 540 or whenever that is when there is the, the kickoff. So you got to figure out a way to kill some time between now and Sunday afternoon when the kickoff occurs and given the fact that we are all so tied around sporting events i thought pop culture corner needs to have a sports related theme in other words you got a couple hours to kill waiting for the packers game what's a way to do that and given the fact that we're all waiting for football on sunday night what could be a better way then I don't know, going into your collection of DVDs or going on to Netflix or going on to the other streaming services you might have and finding a movie. 
but not just any movie, of course, because, I mean, this is a Packers weekend. So it's a sports weekend. So I thought what we would do, have a little bit of fun on a Friday afternoon for Pop Culture Corner in recognition of the big sports weekend that this is going to be, in recognition of the Packers game, and in recognition of the fact that we're all going to have to kill a little bit of time. I thought we would talk about sports movies, the best your favorite sports movie of all time, that movie that, again, the sports-related movie that you just don't get tired of watching that you love. It could be a funny movie. It could make you laugh. It could be a movie that's sports-related but, you know, really tugs at your heartstrings. It could be a compelling story. But what's your favorite sports movie of all time? And, you know, if you were looking for a way to kill a couple hours while we're waiting for the Packers kickoff, what would that sports movie be and why? Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. As I always remind people during the segment, I encourage you to call quickly. I try to go through as many calls as I can, but our phone lines do tend to jam up, so do not be shy. 855-616-1620. In addition, go with your first instinct. Lots of times people kind of overthink this. I'm just I'm asking for the gut feeling. Best sports movie. You know, if you're sitting there saying, gosh, I've got a little bit of time to kill. I'm waiting for the Packers game. Uh, I want to fire up a sports film. What would that movie be? All right. Gru is lining up the calls. If you are on the line, please hold on. We're going to get to as many calls as we possibly can. Back with that in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Now back to Take Your Calls. Here's Jeff Wagner. All right, we're biding our time till the Packers playoff game starts on Sunday. If you want to spend some time watching a great sports movie, what would that movie be? All right, um, our number, 855-616-1620. Let's start with Dean. Dean, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Jeff. Um, I'm a big baseball fan, so I, I always look. I, I, my favorite is uh, for the love of the game. Sure, the but, Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep, that's that's, that's the favorite. that's the one where he plays like the aging baseball player who's on the way of pitching a perfect game. Right. That at Yankee Stadium. That's the that's that movie. Right. Correct. With, with yeah, with Kelly Preston. I I mean, I have the DVD, but it's. I also have the MLB Network, and they always show it on there. So I'll always, I'll always sit down and watch it. Right. The, thanks. The, the cool thing that I like about that as well, the movie is that. And Kevin Costner, you know, did a whole bunch of sports related movies. You know, it. Bull Durham is one that obviously Bull Durham is one of my favorite sports related movies. But the thing that I really love about for um, the love of game is, or for love of the game is um, Vin Scully. Vin Scully is cast, and he he's doing the play by play. He's the they hired him to do the play by play of Kevin Costner's pitching. Very very cool. Let's talk to Mike and Grafton. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, it's um, my movie is called Without Limits. That's the Steve Prefontaine um, movie, right? Yep, yep, yep. yep. And uh, it helped that I was a distance runner in uh, high school, so um, so it's kind of a little niche to, to me. But um, I, I just think it's a great, great movie. A couple Hollywoody parts. Um, the way he injured his foot in the movie is not how it actually happened, but right. you know, you got to make it interesting in Hollywood. But um, stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's one that I'll. 
I'll watch. You know that that's a right. That's a great movie. Billy Crudup, who I think is just an absolutely tremendous performer. He plays Steve Mm -hmm. Prefontaine in that movie. There's another Prefontaine movie that came out about a year ahead of that. I think it's called Prefontaine, and Without Limits, in my opinion, is the better of the two. I I like it better. It's been, and he's got a really interesting story and died way too young. (laughs) Died way too young. Agreed. So, thanks Agreed. for the call. Yeah, without limit. Uh, the, and if people don't know Steve Prefontaine, he was a a, a distance runner um, back right at the time when there was this whole issue about Olympic athletes being paid or not being paid. And it was right. He was coached by the guy that went on, as I recall, to to kind of found Nike. So just a, a great story um, and very very interesting. Okay, let's talk to Mike in Mequon. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hey Jeff. Hi Mike. Uh, my fa- yeah, my favorite movie has got to be Miracle. Uh, the 1980 Olympic team, right? Yes, I watched it live, and uh, I can watch that movie again and again. Yeah, that. I mean, do you re- so you you remember when all that happened, the whole Miracle on Ice thing? You remember all that, right? I do. I was uh, just out of college at that point, so um, and hockey is hockey's my sport. Oh, okay, a- absolutely. Well, that was. I mean, thanks for for people who. I mean, that that's the whole miracle and ice thing, and it was where the the U.S. Olympic team, which was composed of, of amateurs back then, was going up against the the Soviet Union, and um, that, that they ended up winning the the gold medal. I think they beat the I think they beat the Soviet Union in the semifinals, but it was just just absolutely great and there's some legendary side stories back in the day that they they i don't think they showed it live as i recall i think that they showed it on tape and there's a legendary story about how a a broadcaster local broadcaster came on the air was doing a promo and and gave the result away um because they they were going to be showing the game later on but uh, it's a wonderful story that whole miracle on ice story let's talk to dave dave you're on wtmj good afternoon Good afternoon, Jeff. Okay, favorite sports movie? Uh, Field of Dreams. I know somebody mentioned a Kevin Costner movie earlier. I'm going with Field of Dreams. Great uh, work by James Earl Jones in the movie. Mm -hmm. It's a movie that when it's on, it's like I got to stop and uh, pick it up where where it's at. Yeah, you know, the thing about, I mean, thanks to call Field of Dreams is, of course, a baseball movie. But the other great thing about Field of Dreams is it's a, it's a, it's a life movie, you know. I mean, you, you've got the whole underplay about you know Kevin Costner, you know having you know playing catch with his dad and all those issues. It, it's 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 a sports movie that has an incredible, I'd say, a heart to it as well. Richard in Watertown, Richard, you're on WTMJ. Hey Jeff, um, one I like is uh, Major League with Bob Uecker. Ties with Milwaukee and everything, and you got to gotta love those lines. Just a bit outside. Were, were you living here? Uh, Do you uh, remember when they filmed it? Were you living here when they filmed it at County Stadium? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I was. Yeah, so, I just. Yep, that was. That was fun. Yeah, it was. It's, it's what's so cool about that, especially if you are of a certain age and you you remember County Stadium. It, it's so cool to watch that movie. 
and, and you see, I mean, yeah, it's set in Cleveland, but it's it's filmed here. And you, you see County Stadium, and I, I know that there were a lot of people who, you know, from this area who ended up being extras. And then you, you see some of the places where the, the some of the other scenes are set. You know, one of the restaurant scenes is out at the old, uh, it used to be Gritz's Pizzazz on Good Hope Road. And then they had a mansion on Lake Drive that they, they filmed some of the scenes in. Just, you know, very, very, very cool. Let's talk to Bill. Bill, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. I'm in my 60s, and I'm still watching uh, Bad News Bears. I still enjoy. Okay, you're talking about the original one with Walter Matthau? Right, the original Walter Matthau. I... And if, and if the Packers have as much spunk as that second baseman, they're going to kick some ass. <laughs> there you, well, yeah, that, that's, that's right. Hey, um, oh gosh, hey, Brubaker or whatever the guy's name was. Yeah, it's just I. Um, I, I remember when the Bad News Bears first came out, Tatum O'Neill in it and Jackie Haley and, of course, Walter Matthau, who, Buttermaker, that was the guy's name. Um, it just, you know, they did all these sequels, and I don't think they ever quite captured the magic of the original, but I, I loved Bad News Bears, too. Lorraine, Lorraine, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi. Uh, I like Major League. Okay, got it. Right, right. I'm sorry, I got to let you go because you're you're you didn't turn you, when your radio's up. You hear yourself seven seconds later. Um, but yeah, Major League again. Bob Euchre, just tremendous. It's got a great story. I think you know candidly, you know some of the sequels lost a little bit of it, but the original one, it's pretty funny. Let's talk to Ron. Ron, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, thank uh, you. Getting back to football, I like Rudy. Okay. Uh, the true story about the kid who grew up in Pennsylvania and his, all his grandfather and his father worked in the steel mills and he wanted to go to Notre Dame and play football and they told him he was crazy. Right. And he went, he went four years and in the last game of his career he gets in for the last couple minutes. Right, right. True story, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I. True story. You know, it, it, right, that, that's another one. It's just kind of a feel good movie. All right, I'm, I'm going to read a couple. We've got lots and lots of text. Let me just go through them because I know you all take a lot of time to send those out. I'll, I'll give you a couple. I will tell you Slapshot with Paul Newman. I, I just, it makes me laugh all the time. I just think, and, and knowing you have this big name actor, Paul Newman, who was this like heartthrob movie star playing the kind of rundown character he plays in Slapshot, which is about a minor league hockey team and the Hanson brothers and all that. That always makes me smile. Bull Durham, um, a Kevin Costner movie, always makes me smile as well. Uh, Tim Robbins, who plays the pitcher, can't pitch at all. It just If you know anything about baseball, you watch the way the guy throws the ball, and you're thinking, my gosh, couldn't they have gotten him some pitching coach? But still, it's a it's a good show. Okay, um, here's some of the texts we've gotten. Bang the drum slowly with uh, uh, Michael Moriarty and uh, De Niro. Yes, that's... Um, that's uh, that's uh, the Brian Piccolo story, um, who passed away a number of years ago. The Replacements, A League of Their Own, um, absolutely outstanding. I love A League of Their Own, and it's tough for me to say that, but anything with Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna playing baseball, that kind of works for me. Um, let's see, The Sandlot. number of people are saying The Sandlot. Yeah, that's a, that's a great sort of movie. Field of Dreams. My parents took me there as a kid a bunch of times to the actual Field of Dreams. Each time I went there, it got better and better. As an adult, I still have that same good feeling as I did when I was a kid. I think at the Field of Dreams, I think this year, aren't they playing a Major League Baseball game there in Iowa? I think they're doing that. I think I read something about that. Um, Let's see. The Natural, yeah, with Robert Redford, Brian Song, and Slapshot, somebody there with me. Escape to Victory, 
It's uh, kind of an oldie. That's a that's a soccer one with Sylvester Stallone. But yeah, that's pretty good. Number of people weighing in a league of their own, and the great, the great line from Tom Hanks in a league of their own: "There's no crying in baseball." Gotta love that as well. Okay, thanks for all the phone calls. Sorry I couldn't get to all the calls. Sorry I couldn't get all to all the texts, but. Uh, just a couple ideas, and if you're trying to figure out a way to kill a couple hours this weekend waiting for kickoff, I don't know, put in a sports movie. It'll get you in the mood. Oh, by the way, Hoosiers as well. Can't not mention Hoosiers, one of the best sports movies ever as well. Tin Cup, too. Tin Cup. I love Tin Cup. Good movie as well. All different genres, but all sorts of fun. Back in just a couple minutes, well, we've got everybody that's spread out everywhere We'll find out what's going on on Wisconsin's Afternoon News in just a couple minutes.